Who gave me permission to do this? <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes we're gonna laugh and sometimes we're gonna cry. That's just the way it goes. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast for everyone and anyone who is seeking their purpose, who wants to change but might feel stuck. Our title is a perfect example of why you should not judge a book by its cover. Jackie aims to help everyone, not just females. Learn to dig deep into yourself in every episode and get real with what you need as we figure out exactly what that is. Whether it's a relationship or a career, we as individuals make stupid mistakes, although our wiser higher self always knew better. We must get to a place where we can accept our stupid and move forward into our wise. Here is your host, Jackie Minsky. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Stupid Wise Girl. If you got a chance to listen to episode 36, then you might have heard me mention someone by the name of Luke. On today's interview, I got a chance to interview him. As you will hear, Luke had to overcome a very serious drug addiction as well as heal from being left by his fiance just one week before their wedding. When his life spiraled out of control and downwards, Luke decided to make the change. With change, he decided he was going to use all his power to become an inspiration and motivation and that is exactly what Luke is doing now. I really hope you guys love this interview as much as I loved interviewing him. Thank you so much Luke Mind Power once again for doing this with me and thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. I love your work. I'm so excited to be doing this. You know, I, I'm so used to, I guess, interviewing other people and being on the other side. And, and so it's really cool to uh, kind of now sit back and listen to the questions. And, and it's great um, to, to be on your show. I'm very excited. Thank you so much. I want to take it back to before you even got started. Your background, you made the change. What caused you to step up and start this mission? Amazing question. And there's so many like avenues that I can go down. Um, but I think in life, you know, we, we, we live kind of, I always use the term unconsciously because sometimes we don't realize what we're actually doing. And sometimes we have to go through certain life experiences and puzzles and paths to get to these doors that are locked and then turn around and go the other way. So it got to the point where I was 33 years old and my grandmother passed away. And I guess I took that moment to return from the funeral and I felt like enough was enough. And at the time I was living in a one bedroom apartment. I was selling cocaine. I was using cocaine nearly every day. Getting lost in that whole, you know, world of a big social circle. And I had a lot of friends and, and I went through that whole process from 18 to 33 with, uh, you know, parties being available for everybody else. Um, and every time there was parties or events or something, I was there. I was always, you know, consuming or ingesting different types of drugs. And it was cocaine most of the time towards the end of this, you know, towards like the last seven years. But I was just consumed in everybody else's life. And I was so governed by other people's journeys. I was searching. I always knew deep down I was searching for my own, but I just didn't know what that was. And it took me a long time. 
it may seem like a long time, but actually now I'm realizing it that it's not a long time. It's it's just that my journey is mine. It's Ooh, not yours. It's, that's an, it's not that. someone else's. It's, you know, you might feel like, oh my God, like I'm still 33 and I hate my job and I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I don't know what to do. But this is the beautiful thing about podcasts, about social media, about being able to be exposed to, to someone like Jackie Minsky or myself because you might hear something that maybe that will be your trigger. Maybe that will be the light or that will be the catalyst for you going, hey, you know what? I have to sit down and talk to myself and ask myself some questions so that I can go in a different direction. So, you know, my grandmother passing away, really, I believe that she was the catalyst for me, uh, my awakening and and me questioning myself of, okay, um, I'm not going anywhere in my life. I haven't created anything in my life. And so that pretty much started uh, the the roller coaster of events of then saying to myself, okay, what do you love? What do you love? And the, the only things that I could come up with for myself was, okay, I love to rap. Um, I love to rap. I love going to the gym, which I'm questioning that right now because I haven't <laughs> been for the last month, but I enjoy, I enjoy staying fit. You know, I, 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 I don't like, I like to look good. And when you look good, you feel good yes. about yourself. You know I what do. I mean? So I do enjoy going to the gym, but that was the only thing that really I thought, okay, I'm going to open a gym. And so from that point on, the gym led me to then speaking to myself and saying, Luke, if you want to be a fitness coach or a fitness instructor or someone who is in charge and you've got people coming there and you want to, you know, motivate them or speak to them, that means that you need to stand up in front of them and speak. And I'm afraid to talk in front of people. I would That's never believe big- that now. I know. Yeah. We're like it's my so- biggest fear. And I know that it's I know that it's a big fear for a lot of people. You're in a boardroom and you're introduced or the facilitator's standing there. There's maybe six or eight people and uh, she'll say, well, thanks guys for coming today to this meeting or whatever it is. Uh, Before we start, how about we go around the room and introduce ourselves? And my heart would be like, oh my God. Yeah. To be scared to to talk, to be scared to introduce myself and 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 talk about myself for five for thirty seconds and just say, "Hey, I'm Luke." I would get so red and blushing and and nervous for having to do that. And so I was, I guess, the lack of self confidence, self uh, esteem. I had low self esteem for a long time. Didn't have that belief in myself, and I always. My perception of what other people thought of me has really governed my life so much. And hence, with that low self-confidence and low self-esteem, because of my body image and physical appearance, which has bothered me all my life because I was really skinny when I was younger, bullied and that called names and stuff, um, has really controlled uh, you know, me. And, and that's the reason why the alcohol and the drugs has always been there because every time I ingested that, and consumed that and used it, it empowered me. It gave me confidence. It made me feel more than who I was because I wasn't happy with myself. It happens a lot. I talk about this on my podcast um, in a few episodes that it's also instant gratification to feel good when you are 
insecure. And I had this conversation today at lunch with someone. There's a difference between being insecure and having insecurities. See, we'll Mm. always have insecurities. You know, even when we're being our best self or taking the steps daily to be our best selves, we're always going to have those little insecurities that are always going to peek out. You know, that's normal. I think that's healthy and that's normal. And that, that gives you room to improve. There's a real big difference when you are just insecure. And when you are insecure, it eats away at your confidence and you aim for instant gratification, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, some people even go into relationships and it could be for a lot of men, it's also sex and how many women they can sleep with. Those are insecure. That's someone who's insecure. So I, I do believe that there's a big difference between the two. Take me to the first day, if you can remember, or the first thought where you were like, you know what, tomorrow is the day I'm changing. And what was the first step for you? Perfect answer. Cause I just scrolled through my Twitter and I found that post that made me change my mindset instantly. And it says, if you're reading this, I dare you to dedicate the next six months exclusively to your goals. No announcements, just fall back and do the work. And I read that and I was lying in my bedroom and it was probably about a month or two after I'd stopped using cocaine. And at that time, I'd realized that I was stepping into my power. And I was really proud of myself because a lot of people around me were still using it and it was very difficult because that environment that you have and the people around you, you don't realize how much of an influence they have on your life. Right. And so me being very connected with all my friends for so long, really, really uh, didn't allow me to, um, to live my truth, you know, because there was so much noise. I was always so invested in other people's lives and I was comparing my life to others all the time whether it was the relationships that they were in or investment properties that they were buying or getting married or traveling overseas. And I was like, oh, well, you know, when is that going to happen for me? Like, I, I want that life, you know? And, and so I felt less of a person because I didn't have that. Um, but that was a major, major point where it just started, the, it started my, built up my momentum even more and the confidence within myself. And then I started researching. You know, and it was me researching about trying to open a gym, which then led me to YouTube, which then led me to Bedros Koulian, who is a um, fit body bootcamp franchise owner in America. He's got over 700 franchises and I was listening to him. And then that led me to Mind Valley, which then led me to Lisa Nichols and the speaking course that I did that absolutely transformed my life. It's amazing how one decision has led me to me finding that I've really got a passion for motivating, inspiring, speaking, and really being authentic and living in my truth. Because what I've found is that the more that I am unreasonable, the more that I live an unrealistic life, the more that I do things that are different and not just to be different, but to, to be aligned with, with who I am and what feels right for me and what 
What is it in my gut or that voice or that intuition, however you want to call it? What is that truth and how are you using that to live your life? And the more that I do that, the more the impact that I'm having because people are finding that it's okay for them to step out. It's okay for them to be authentic. It gives people permission because they're like, wow, if Luke can do that, if he can change his life so much, then why can't I? The more that I reflect on my journey and and like look back at my growth of the action that I've taken every single day, it it gives me confidence within myself. It gives me belief and and I love myself more than I did yesterday. <laughs> oh, that was so powerful. I like that one. I love myself more than I did yesterday. That's very powerful. That's so powerful. But I want to just point out one thing that you and I might have in common. So for me, I also decided to take the first step into my purpose, my passion, my intuition when my mother passed away a year and a half ago. And I remember I was laying in bed. And for those that don't know, my mother was 67 years old. She went to sleep and she had a heart attack in her sleep. She just never woke up. So it was very sudden. It it wasn't like something we were expecting. And, and, And in that moment, the first few months I kept replaying this one thing in my head. Today you're here and tomorrow you're not. So time Mm. became so valuable to me because now I was looking at time completely different because I thought the next day my mother would wake up and she didn't. So now I, I was kind of fighting against time with myself because now I was looking at time and saying, what am I doing with my time if in an instant, in a second, what did I do while I was here? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, leaving a legacy, you know, is is something that I didn't understand, nor did I ever hear about that, that kind of a um, conversation. Like I never heard of that. I never thought about, oh, you know, what, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? What do you want people to remember you for? Do you want your legacy to live on? Um, and given that my grandmother passed away after she was, you know, 95 years old and, you know, three, four children um, living alone for the last 25 or 30 years of her life, going through like, you know, the wars in Poland, um, Nazi invasion and being shot at by army officers and all these different types of adverse situations that she had to live through um and and then her having such an i think it was more so she had she was the catalyst she had a major impact on my life my realization of okay at the time i didn't see it i was still just there for my dad i was there with my family and i was like okay let's I, i'm supportive and go through the you know the formalities of of the funeral and be there and and uh, embrace the moment but now I now I see it and there was actually an exercise that I went through with the speaking course that I did which is called Speak and Inspire by Lisa Nichols and one of the exercises is a visualization of you walking into a building or a church or a temple whatever it is and you get to the altar or to the um, you walk up these stairs and then you look into this coffin 
and that coffin is has a body in it and that body is you and you look at this person and you're visualizing that this is your funeral and who would be speaking for you and what would they be saying to you to about to, what would they be saying to other people about you what do you want them to say what kind of person were you how did you love how did you care about people what kind of an impact did you have on people around you and so with that kind of visualization man i remember listening to this while i was driving actually i didn't have my eyes closed but i was just you know i was very um proactive with with you know being in a car and 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 not listening to radio, but actually listening to content that was adding value to my life. And so I actually started crying while I was listening to this. And then I listened to it again when I got home and it hit me even harder um, that every single day that I am alive, I am leaving my legacy because I don't know when I'm going to go. But I know damn well that if I go tomorrow that people will talk about what I did and how I inspired and, and, and how I was a light for people's darkness, you know? So definitely um, I connect with you there with what you're talking about. Wow. That was very, very powerful that that's something. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's really, it's confronting. It was really confronting. Like it's, you do get emotional because you're like, Oh my God, like, yeah, who would be the people that I would want there to speak about me? And, and it just, because it's so confronting and so deep, it, it does make you look at life differently. You know, if for example, you haven't lost one because you know, there's a lot of people out there that haven't lost someone close. And, and, and it is that moment where when you lose someone or when you go through something really tough, that's sometimes the catalyst for you to actually switch on or activate uh, a new part of your brain where it goes, hey, okay, uh, you need to do some things differently in your life now. Definitely. That's a very good point that you made, that if someone hasn't lost someone that in that moment they visualize themselves and what would they be remembered for? So that is very, very powerful. I want to talk to you about fear right now. For someone who's just starting and maybe listening, for me, fear felt like anxiety. Fear was that voice in my head where fear said, who do you think you are? Why am I doing this? And I want people to understand that is fear trying to talk you out of your purpose. So I want you to tell me what emotions or what thoughts were you thinking that you can tie into fear that someone could be thinking and can overcome? I still deal with fear because it is about something that you get anxious about because you've never experienced it before because you haven't done it enough. And so fear is something that I don't think it'll ever go away. It's just something that's always going to be there, but you need to know that it's not real. And it is just your body reacting to an event that you're not used to. That you're not used to. I love that. That you're not used to. Yeah, and it's, it, really, it really like stunted me for a long time. Every single decision that I make in my journey, even if it's the wrong decision, it is the right decision. Oh. Because if it's the wrong one, then I know that I'm not going to do that again. But if it's the right one, 
then I'm like, yes, <laughs> I made the right choice. But even if it's wrong, it's okay because that means I know I won't go down that road again. It's an experience and a lesson. Yeah. There have been so many times in my life where I tried to avoid making mistakes and I thought that it's possible to live a life of being perfect and perfection. And for a long time, I put a lot of pressure on myself and those around me thinking that you're not supposed to make mistakes. How could you make a mistake if you make a mistake? The more I thought that way, the more mistakes I was actually making by trying to be perfect. And then when I embraced on this journey and I was more open to making the mistakes, I was making less mistakes. But you can't be afraid to make a mistake. You have to be more afraid of not trying. You know, when I think about my journey and uh, doing videos on social media, for example, or Facebook when I first started and jumping on Instagram on the 21st of December and I did my first video, uh, I guess my practice from doing videos on Facebook had warmed me up. But a couple of days in, I got an email from or message from someone on Instagram wanting to do an interview with me. And I think it was Napoleon Hill and that account, they've got over like 300,000 followers. And I was just like, oh, wow you want to do an interview with me? Um, and automatically I was like, uh, okay, yes, I'm going to do it. And I was like, so excited, but you know, I had no idea like what I was going to say or how it was going to go. Um, but I just dived in and, and did it. And, and then I did another one the next day with Evan Carmichael. And then I realized, wow, if they can do interviews, why can't I? And so for the next three weeks, I was messaging people trying to set up interviews with people and, it was just a continuous process of, of growing and, and, and taking action, you know? Action. Um, yeah, and, and, it, and that's what it is. And sometimes we're waiting for the right time when really the right time is right now, you know, just to, to do it and, and not allow that, you know, conversation in your mind or, you know, that thing we call fear um, to control your consciousness, to control your reality of, you know, what you actually want to do. Because you're just going to sit there most of the time and, and have this conversation and then not take action because you're like, you, 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 the craziest thing is you are your own worst enemy. Like the, the mission and the, the challenge of life is like you're, you're fighting your own self. Like you're, the, the mission is to conquer yourself, right? Because you're the one that's most of the time convincing yourself why you shouldn't do something that you're afraid of. You know, don't be so hard on yourself sometimes. And, and if you are a perfectionist or if you do like to do things a certain way, that is okay, you know, because that's just the way that you are. That's your like energy and that's how you transfer your internal self, you know, and, and sometimes it's very easy to get caught up in that because you, you have these certain expectations of what you think it should be or however you've got that, you know, programming to believe that it should be like this, but you're doing like that, you know, nah, it can't be like that. But sometimes you just got to surrender to who you are and accept it. It's okay. So I, the reason I love all these stories is because when there is drug abuse, a lot of times people feel like they're lost and they can't come out of it. I love that you are able to turn your life around and show people that it's possible. It's really possible to do that. Uh, I absolutely fucking love it. 
excuse my French, but seriously, like to be naturally high, to love yourself, to actually be able to look at yourself in the mirror and just go, man, you're fucking amazing. You're, you're, you're awesome. You know, like, look what you're doing. You know, you, you changed your life. You're inspiring people. You're showing people that it's possible to not want to escape your reality and to be on this level where I'm happy with myself. And I'm, I'm, I, I, can, I definitely am still healing. You know, I don't think we'll ever stop healing. There's always going to be something that you need to heal from. But just being more conscious and uh, respecting myself and appreciating myself for who I am and being able to look at myself in the mirror, being able to talk to myself. I had a conversation with myself in the car this today and it was great. <laughs> what did that sound like? <laughs> you can think that I'm crazy, but you know, no, like I, I go, know, through, that's, that's I go through experiences with family, with friends or whatever. And I, I was talking to myself and I was like, look, don't think like you need to justify all of your actions and, and what you're doing and how you're growing and where you're going and how you're building your foundation and your business and your platform to the family because they're not on your frequency. And maybe the stuff that you say is just so foreign to them. They're in tune with their purpose or their uh, goals and their family and kids and what they're doing. Uh, and, and it's hard, hard to, to know, try to communicate I'm what not- you're doing. I have to tell you, and, and, and I know on your podcast you spoke about synchronicity and, and Luke, that I just got goosebumps because I was driving today and I was having that same exact thought because I was thinking like, what if I start dating someone and I bring someone home and my, my parents may or may not like them, my sister may or may not like them. How do I go about that? You know, and I base my dating choices based on if my family will accept the person or not. And I had this thought today. I was like, well, why am I doing that? Because to be really honest, in my first marriage, that's what I did. I brought someone home, which my family would accept and would make sense. And then I thought about it today. If I'm living my truth, shouldn't I be choosing someone for me and not what, you know, as much as I want them to obviously get along now there's a difference. You can get along with my family, but I, it has to make sense for me more than anyone. You know, our families, it's all about conditioning and it's something you and I spoke about and people speak about all the time. Your family, if anything, will try to hold you back more than anything because they're the A, the closest people to you, B, you're conditioned very similar to them. And when you change, now they have to either change or remain the same. And that's scary for them to watch. Absolutely. And it's, it's a real challenge, especially when uh, it's, you know, more so I've been able to evolve from, uh, you know, my friends in, in the direction of now having full control and not feeling guilty for doing what's right for me, because that was really difficult because I was so close with all my friends. But now with the family, I can, I can understand how difficult it is to not want to include them or uh, detach yourself from that environment that you're so used to. And because always everybody's got their own opinion, everybody thinks that you should do it this way or this is right. And so I have to be honest and say that I've really disconnected myself 
from a lot of conversations that could have occurred. And I've kind of just become a bit more quiet so that I can hear myself because that's where we're getting lost. We're getting lost in everybody else's life and their expectations and opinions and ideologies and feelings and thoughts and, you know, and, and that's why I, I am the way that I am now because I've learned that the more that I lean into me and I, the more that I just listen to my voice and what is truly right for me, the more that I'm empowering myself, the more that I'm feeling happier and, you know, I am my own superhero. You are the hero of your own story. Yeah, it's, and it's so true, you know, because I was and I, you know, the youngest of three, uh, you know, I'm the baby or whatever, and everybody's waiting for Luke to get married, you know. See, that right there, you know, <laughs> that right there is a big, big problem. That's, I mean, it's good to have family values, but people are getting married as broken individuals. And what's happening is then those broken people are having children and now there's more broken people. And that's why you and I are probably doing what we're doing because we want to wake people up and say, hey, you don't have to be broken. And if you are, before you get into any situation in your life, you need to fix yourself. And actually my episode before this one just aired about conscious parenting. How is that so crazy that, Sorry to interrupt you. That I was just listening to Dr. Shafali about conscious today. Parenting. I don't know if you, yeah, conscious parenting. There's a lot and, of and, synchronicities, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 divorce as well. She was talking about divorce. You know that you know people. There's a big stigma on that word, and people are afraid. You know of judgment and. Of, of actually going through that process when indeed if, you know, you're not aligned with your partner, then, you know, you can't fix it. You need to get out of it. Well, because people are afraid to really self-reflect. I, I don't think people are afraid. And now here's my opinion on this. I think people say they're afraid to be judged. And I think that's a mask for actually they're afraid to judge and self-reflect on what they're going to have to do or improve or become after the divorce and the relationship that they have depended on goes away. I agree with you. Just the fact that people do certain things as well to kind of numb that, to hide it. And they're hiding behind a mask because again, family, close friends, Everyone around you is married and the expectations of you evolving with your partner and creating this family and life that everyone believes you should have. And so you get caught in that spider web and then you get eaten alive. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you, don't have, if you don't have the courage, if you don't have the courage to go, you know what, this is not right for me. You know, and and I think a lot of people also you know, got married too early or didn't really, you know, were just following the crowd or whatever it is. And, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, I'm not judging anyone, but definitely I do love to project, you know, relationships that are 
you know, I am my own priority. You are your own number one priority. And you're, we're in this, you know, as a mission to grow and to evolve and, and to, to be better and to be the best versions of ourselves. And if that's not happening or one's doing more than the other, then it's, it's shit relationship. All of my previous relationships were unconscious or I was purely invested for the sex and for the physical attraction and for, again, my validation that I was a male and that I was having sex or I was hooking up with chicks. That's who I was. But I'm noticing people that are on this conscious spiritual path. We we tend to shy away from dating. And I actually listened to an interview the other day where it said that can be also a mask of fear to date again, because if we start dating, we'll lose our balance. So we just shy away from it altogether. I don't think it's fear-based. I think that given my previous life, I was always searching for external validation. So I was always looking for love. I was always wanting to find that right person. And I always say this, that the person that I was looking for was myself. And now that I found myself and I started investing in myself and I started loving me, because that was the person I didn't love. Hence my attraction to all these people that were not uh relationships that evolved they were you know just experiences that i had to go through but now as i've evolved and as i've realized that wow the more that i lean into me the more that i you know step into that greatness that i have and continue to invest in myself i i realized that you know you are what you attract and i believe in you know becoming the best version of yourself and once you become the best version of yourself you will attract someone who is also vibrating on that frequency and because of my continuous string of relationships over the last you know seven years i'm like it's time for me to spend some time with me and look what happened when i started spending some time with me i think part of us and i love that i think a part of us know if we are or are not ready for a relationship like you know you're doing the best you can do I'm doing the best I can do whoever's listening could be doing the best they can do and you know you have friends or family as always still insisting that you date or you know get remarried but I think we all know in our intuition if we are ready or are not ready but then comes the question that when it comes to starting the business or you know building our self-confidence, we say there's no such thing, we'll never be ready. So in relationships, will we ever really be ready? Or is that also a no, you'll never be ready. It's it, it is you know the universe uh, aligning you with the right person at the right time. It'll just happen. I believe it. I'm not waiting for that person, whoever she is out there, and you know, I know that there's a quote out there on Instagram that says that I'm manifesting or she, someone's manifesting you. <laughs> but um, I, I truly believe that uh, eventually you will connect with the right person. And, and even though you say, I don't want to be in a relationship, I'm not looking for someone right now. 
it will just happen. And when it happens, you'll know and you'll feel it and, and it will flow. It won't be too, it won't be difficult. Like a lot of relationships that I've had in the past, I've had to try so hard to, to make it work and invest so much energy into loving and, uh, and just showing so much love and affection that I do. Um, but I'm not, um, I'm not really worried about it anymore because um, I just, you know, I'm really in tune with who I am and what I'm doing. And I love that. I, I do love that. Did you ever hear um, Elena Cardone in her book? She talks about making a list of your dream partner. And then what you do is you imagine this dream partner and then you make a list of what your dream partner might want. And then you become and match that person. That's an interesting way. It to makes, makes sense. Oh yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say, it, make, it makes complete sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the other thing that I wanted to say was the one thing that I never, ever had, which I, I believe is a major, major key to uh, living a long, long journey and relationship with your partner forever, if you're blessed for that to happen, is friendship. And that is something that I never, ever, ever had in any of my relationships. I never had that. And I know it, it, it can be difficult because sometimes you meet someone and you're just smitten and you're just like, oh, my God, I met this girl, or I met this guy or whatever, and I'm just like, oh, can't wait to see them and you feel so good and you keep going and going and going and you just fall in love and, and it just happens, right? But for me because of all my experiences and how I've dated all these girls, for me, it's a major key to get to know you first. Like I want to just be friends, you know, I want to build a foundation. I want to build a friendship yes. before I take it to the next level. You know, I've had relationships where, you know, I met this chick, she came over and then that was the first night that I met her and I was already in bed. And I was like, and I'm the kind of guy that, like, if I really like you, and I really am invested and in, I'm like, oh my God, like, she's amazing. Then I actually don't want that. I want to take things slow because I want it to grow, but it just didn't happen that way. But yeah, I'm just a massive believer in, in, I want a friendship because I believe that the person that I'm going to end up with, she has to be my best friend. I want to fucking tell her everything. I don't want to keep shit from her. I want to just be so open and truthful. And, and I truly believe that that's the only way you're going to get that is from having a best friend as your partner. Now, I'm going to stop you right there, sir. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask <laughs> you, and this is something I'm sure every woman out there is probably thinking as you said that. Now, in, in, in past relationships, and you're not, obviously not going to answer on behalf of every man, but just because you said that and you're a man, I'm going to ask you. Now you said you want someone who's your best friend and you want to tell her everything. Why don't men do that in their relationships? Meaning in your past relationships, why didn't you feel you had that comfort level where you were able to tell someone something? Because I didn't love them for real. Like true love is something that I've never experienced before. And I'm very uh, compassionate, empathetic, affectionate. When I show love, man, I really like it's so deep and extraordinary that 
it's unexplainable. But um, but when you truly, truly, truly love someone, you won't want to keep shit from them. But if you if there's some piece of you that is I don't know. You could say it's fear. You could say it's ego. You could say it's something that you haven't healed. You, you, you might do something when you go out with the boys or whatever, and you're just like, ah, who cares? She doesn't need to know. But you it's really dignity, love that it's person, respect. would you do anything? <laughs> no, exactly. It's integrity. It's dignity. It's respect for yourself that you wouldn't do something behind your girlfriend or wife's back. You're disrespecting yourself if you treat her like shit. I, be- I believe in my journey of reprogramming my mind into what I want to believe completely and not what I've been taught and, and how I've been programmed and conditioned over my, you know, first part of my life. You know, I think to myself now, I'm like, okay, well, I haven't connected with reading yet. Maybe that's something that is for me to evolve into slowly. I, I love that. And that's the ability to have an open mind and to not be living from my ego that I know it all and um and that, you know, not willing to to be open to other people's ideas and beliefs and, you know, adapting to what feels right with you. Yeah, and I and I, I have to say that ego also can stop abundance. Mm, absolutely. Just love come come from that place and and you'll be able to um navigate better when you're hurting it's actually more important to love more in the moment of your pain instead of you know don't let life harden you and yeah i mean the 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 moment that that pain is there is probably the most difficult the most hardest time I mean, for someone to come in and say, I know you're hurting, but just come from a place of love. Understand that you are love. It's, it's so easy to talk like that, but yet it's so hard to be in that moment of adversity or that pain, whatever it is you're going through, and to think that you can then you know, change the way you think and come from a place of love. It's hard, but definitely being more self-aware and more conscious of that will allow you to adapt to that kind of mindset because that is possible. So what would you tell someone who might be completely lost and in pain right now listening? Doesn't matter what situation it is. It's temporary. And you're going to get through it. And reach out. Don't be afraid. Don't stay silent. That's one thing that I I believe that a lot of people do. A lot of people get closed into themselves. They're hurting and they don't reach out. And I feel that instead of bottling it all up and and letting it sit in your soul, man, releasing that, releasing that pain, releasing by your expression, your words to someone who's close to you or someone who understands you is, is medicine. Like it's natural medicine. It's, it's incredible what it can do to you by you releasing uh, that uh, pain that you have within you just to have someone that believes in you or loves you or cares about you or understands the way you think, whatever it is, to, to know that you're being heard and, and it's going to be okay. So, yeah, man, release it. Release it because it doesn't want to stay there. Luke, mind power. Can you tell everyone where... <laughs> 
can find you? Everywhere. You can find me at lukemindpower.com, at lukemindpower on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, um, and my podcast as well is Luke's Mind Power. Thank you so much, Luke, for doing this with me. Thank you. It is amazing. I'm, I'm still excited. <laughs>